Welcome to the Mama Truth Show, where soulful mamas embrace the whole truth of the messiness and magic of motherhood. Check us out at mamatruthshow.com. Here's your host, Amy Ehlers, the wake-up call coach. Hi, mamas. It's Amy here. Before we dive into the Mama Truth Show, I have a question for you. Do you want to join me and a soulful, small circle of mamas in Hawaii this summer? Oh, yeah. We're going to swim with wild dolphins. We're going to dance hula. We're going to do some sacred ceremony and rituals, and we're going to sit in circle together and drop the masks and drop the juggling act and simply be present and share the truth about our lives, about being women, and about being mamas. It is going to be absolutely magical. To check out all the divine details, simply go to mamatruthretreat.com. That's mamatruthretreat.com so that you can really, truly take a break from all of that juggling, all of that being pulled in a gazillion different directions that I know so many of us mamas go into. So check it out at mamatruthretreat.com, fill out an application, and we will talk about this luxurious divine retreat. Now, on with the show. Hello, mamas. Happy Mama Truth Monday. It's Amy Ehlers here, and welcome to today's Mama Truth show where we are going to dive deep into helping you so that you do not get caught up in your children's stories and instead can really mirror to them how to unconditionally love themselves, which I know all of us conscious soulful mamas want to be doing. I have an incredibly special guest. She's done so many incredible things in her lifetime. I have former Miss USA Terry Britt who has been enlightening and empowering women to take back the authority of their lives to become leaders of love for nearly two decades. Terry is an inspirational speaker. She's a love expert. She's an energetic healer. And she is a change agent for women, as well as a wife, a mom, a stepmom, and a former entertainment news anchor. She is the award-winning author of this, this incredible book, The Enlightened Mom, which is the winner of the 2011 Best Spiritual Book at both the New York and San Francisco Book Festivals. That's so cool. And she also has another book called Message Sent, and she has a brand new book called Women Leaders of Love, How to End the Number One Massive Mistake Women Make and Unleash Your Greatest Act of Service. Her website is terrybrit.com, and I'm so excited to have her here with us today. Terry, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Amy. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. And I, I'm so excited to be talking to all you mamas. I know, right? <laughs> if there's anything that is so close to my heart is having my kids around and my hubby and my dogs and just having that whole enlightened family, you know, to be together. And I, so I just celebrate each of you. And I'm so thankful I get to talk and share with my share my thoughts today with you. Yeah, well, and you know, everyone, mamas that are listening here, Terry's message is so powerful and is so in alignment um, with all of the work that I'm doing here at Mama Truth and all of you that are doing work here at Mama Truth and, and also with Intermean Girl Reform School and really that message around self-love and self-compassion and how important it is for us as moms to be practicing that with ourselves, modeling it for our children, and then when we're in those moments and are 
kids come home from school and they're a mess because, you know, so-and-so doesn't like me anymore, or if you're in a teen, you know, this, they get, get broken up by their boyfriend or whatever it is, that we can always return to that place of center as moms and go into really loving themselves. So I know, um, Terry, that you have, you've done so many, you have so many incredible stories. Everyone, we were talking before we started recording, I was like, wow. Um, but talk to me a little bit about what you mean by not getting caught up in our children's stories. Well, I'm a spiritual coach, so I look at each person as a spirit first, having a human experience, and we come in to have all these different things happen in our lives so that we can hopefully have these experiences and then move deeper in alignment with who we are. The way we're, way so many of us have been brought up with our families is that we ta- we're taken away from who we are because we're told you need to be good, you need to do it right, and then you can receive love. But by being told that we need to be something different than we are, we actually separate from love. So I believe it's really important for us as mothers to, one, be an example of loving ourselves and being in alignment with the way we were created, but to also encourage our children and and to make sure that we're cleaning up our subconscious mind about you know how we think things are supposed to be because if we have these beliefs that well my child needs to be this way to receive love we're sending them a message that you're not enough and that's what happened for me my my mom and dad really raised me to be a good girl they raised me to believe that everyone else's opinions mattered more than my own and that everybody else's feelings mattered more than my own and that I needed to perform for love they thought that they were preparing me for the future and but what I learned from that is that I felt so disconnected I never felt enough I never felt joyful because they were telling me don't be who you are so I truly had a belief that there was something wrong with me as I made a decision to heal and step onto the path of the enlightened mom what I recognized is that I was actually putting some of these same rules onto my children and I was telling them that who you are is not enough who you are is uh, is not worthy of love so you need to be something different and that's when I said no more and I was just, I didn't do it so much with my daughters but with my stepson who at that time was five years old and he's now in his 30s but I couldn't stand myself and I remember one day Amy I remember he was sitting in his little bunk bed he was eight years old at this point and I just had my first daughter Mackenzie and I'm hovering I'm well, not hovering but I'm standing over AJ he's curled up with his arms around his knees and he's crying and I don't know what I'm saying to him but I know that I'm trying to make him be good I'm trying to make him act a certain way and getting caught up in his story and the things that he has in his life that are you know that are going on and trying to fix everything and as I'm standing there hovering over him looking at him crying all of a sudden I fell to my knees mm. and I said I don't know how to love you I don't know how to love you. And I couldn't stand myself. I felt so buried in guilt that I was not loving him unconditionally. So for me, it took another couple of years for me to really wake up. And and I had my other little girl, and my girls are now in their 20s. But it was when my dad got sick, and I saw that that he had been judging himself, he had lost everything in bankruptcy, became an alcoholic, and died a broken man at the age of 54. And I looked at him and saw that he couldn't receive our love, he couldn't, he didn't, he didn't have any forgiveness for himself. And that's when it hit me. It's like I'm just like him. I don't have any forgiveness for myself. 
and now I'm putting this on my children. And that's when I knew the buck stops here. You know, I've got to make a change. So what happened for me is by making that conscious decision of that I didn't, I wasn't going to judge myself, and, and if I did judge myself, I was going to heal it. But it also made me want to help my children see that I didn't want them to judge themselves. That And so it was very important for me to get not get caught up in their stories because whatever they're dealing with is, you know, it can start as young as, as, as a baby it, or it can be in the womb. You know, they, we come in to have these experiences and we have spiritual agreements with ourselves that this is what I'm going to come in and experience. And so instead of trying to make that experience go away or say that it's wrong or who you are in this experience is wrong is that it became my focus to help them see no this is this is your journey and what can you learn from it what can you take from this and I'll never forget Colby my youngest when she was about seven years old she came in from school one day she was really angry and I said well she's like so angry mama I could put a I could kick a hole in the car and I'm like, please don't kick a hole in my car. <laughs> and I said, let's go upstairs to the bedroom. And I said, okay, I want you to get all your anger out. And she took her pillow. And I said, I'm going to show you how to do this. So we started beating the bed. And, and, and then next thing you know, we're laughing. But then she gets emotional. And her bedroom had a slider closet door that was mirror, a mirror. So we're sitting there. And she starts sobbing. And she crawls up into my lap. And she says, Mama. Every mirror in this house, I look different. She says, I don't know who I am. Mm. A seven-year-old saying this. Mm. So for me, I took her into that moment of going, this is who you are. I said, I said see these beautiful blue eyes and, you're, and that sweet smile. And I, said, and I put my hand on her chest and I said, I feel that heart. I said, this is who you are. You have so much love in you. And you are so you're so much fun. And I started just sharing some of the things about her that were that just made her so unique and special. And some things that people might other people might have judged, right? Mm -hmm. Because she was always full of energy and always dancing. I mean, she was the nightly entertainment at dinner. <laughs> She'd get up and you know and, and dance. I got one of those too. I understand, Terry. <laughs> yeah, you, you know yeah. what I'm saying. And so yeah. a lot of people would judge that and say, "No, you need to behave." But instead, it was, let me encourage you to be all that you are. Yeah. And that's what I mean is not getting caught up in their stuff. And it would have been so easy when she went into that, you know, that period, that space of going, well, you know, I don't know who I am for me to get all caught up in it and and, right. and get all worried. But instead, it was like, no, let me mirror to you how you see yourself in the mirror that you're beautiful that you're sweet that you're that you're smart you're 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 so creative and you know and just really in, reinforce those things but having her look in the mirror and see that i love it i, I mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm thinking of one of the um the daily mama truths we have a community that receives daily mama truths just via email just little snippets and one of the quotes um that i pulled from somewhere was something about um, sometimes what's what's doing the right thing as a as a mom or as a parent isn't always the most convenient thing. Mm -mm. And I really feel that all the time with my girls as well. Is that there's those moments like it, getting caught up in the story can be a little bit more convenient, and just like getting in there and thinking that you can fix it can feel mm -hmm. more convenient in that moment. It's like, I don't want to deal with this. You know, you have the kid that's throwing the tantrum in the grocery store and it's like, you're embarrassed. You're at the end of your rope. There's things going on. You have a, you know, you have to drop your other kid off or pick them up mm -hmm. or whatever is going on. And in that moment, 
those choice points in that moment of where we can show up and be the kind of mom we were born to be and show up and be that hold space for that child like the way that you were describing there with your daughter and helping her look mm-hmm. in the mirror and celebrating her. Um, or we can go into the story and get caught up in it and start arguing and don't like their friends because I don't like the way that they treated you and all of that exactly. stuff. It's so easy for us to get caught up in that drama when I believe, in a, and I know that you do too, that it's it's really about holding that sacred space for them to go through the process that they need to go mm-hmm. through. And I do think we do have to, you know, like if it's a safety issue, we right. do have to take a stand. Right. And but this is stuff, you know, on a on a daily basis where it is um, where they see themselves and how how they love themselves. I know my my late husband passed away when when Colby was in. I think it was the eighth grade. I always get it confused. It was seventh eighth grade. Yeah. And um, and she went through. She, my two daughters are different. My older daughter is the type that if she's grieving, she will go in her bedroom, crawl under the cover, and sleep it off, and do her own inner stuff. But it, you will not see it out in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's just how she is. Colby, on the other hand, is a lot like me. Mm-hmm. And for me, my grief came through anger. Mm-hmm. My pain came through anger, and that's what Colby's did. Well, I'll never forget when she was she was had been lashing out a lot. And Mackenzie, the older one, she said, gosh, Colby, you're so angry at the world. And because I had done the inner work on myself about my anger, I now knew that my that underneath my anger was pain, right? So right. this is why it's so important for us to be enlightened moms is that, that we do our own inner work. Well, in that moment that, that Kinsey said that to Colby, Colby started yelling at her. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at her and I said, I am so sorry you're hurting. I am so sorry you're hurting. And her little lip just started quivering, and she started sobbing, and she ran to her room and slammed the door and locked it. So I walked to the door, and I started knocking on it, and I said, Baby, please let me love you. Please let me love you. And she opened the door, and she collapsed into my arms. Now, it would have been really easy for me to get caught up in her story that she was angry and to meet her with resistance and to tell her she was wrong. Because that's what happened for me when I was in high school. I had been molested. I didn't tell anyone. And I got angry, but no one said anger was okay. They told me to stuff it down and to quit being angry. Right. And they got kind of caught up in my story, right? But I didn't get caught up in Colby's story. I got caught up in, I, 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 I chose to be that divine mother of that enlightened mom to her and say, let me love you. Let me show you that you're shutting out love and this is why you're hurting so much. I didn't have to say it. It was my actions that were portraying it. And so when she fall, fell into my arms and all the sobs came out and all, a lot of the pain, pain, I knew it was a turning point. But years later, I heard her telling some people, she was about 19 years old, she says, it was, I was so angry and my mom didn't judge me. And she didn't get caught up in it. And that what she did tell me tell me is that it was okay for me to be angry. And that was the turning point for her. So I just, every, all of you mamas listening here, I'm just getting curious, just wanted to ask all of you to really look at, is there a story or a behavior that you're getting caught up with, with right now with your child? Like where are you caught up in a story, whether it's about friend drama or boy drama or girl drama, or it's 
about the way that they're behaving. There's a behavior that's going on that's triggering you and you're getting really caught up and thinking that that's who your child is. And just take a look at that in this moment. And I love what you said, Terry, around, you know, let me love you. Mm-hmm. I just think that that, and, and my, I love that, you know, the image of that door, of her being behind the door, being so enraged, so hysterical, whatever. And to have someone right outside that door, unconditionally loving her, saying, let me love you. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that is so powerful. And so for all of you listening, where is that place where you can say to your child, either literally or spiritually, metaphorically, what have you, let me love you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the, that's the work that we do on ourselves as well when mm-hmm. the anger comes, when the rage comes, when disappointment shows up, when we screw up. And it's like looking at that part of us that feels like a failure or that part of us that is so angry or that part of us that feels so sad and just saying, let me love you mm-hmm. internally. And as we heal that for ourselves, we're modeling that for our children as well in those moments. Yes, absolutely. And and I think it's so important. And and so the more internal work that we can do on ourselves to reacting to in our world to to really look at what is going on and and to look at the little kid inside of us. I mean, I know that's how it showed up for me because when I realized I had so many problems in being a loving mother, I made it a, an intention to be unconditional love. And, and as soon as you make that intention to, to do that, your world opens up. But one day I was meditating on unconditional love and little Terry showed up inside of me. Mm. I had never seen her. I'd never, no one had ever said, talk to the little girl. And it was interesting because in that moment I heard, as I'm sobbing and acknowledging her, I heard, get up and write this. This is the beginning of your book. And that was my first book message sent, which is really a journal. And it's, it's, a, it's a whole bunch of little stories of, of me becoming the observer to my life and how I'm reacting to the people around me, not just my children, but my, my husband, my friends, everything. And in that I was reacting in a sense because I was – I had separated from my truth, and I had been told this is the way you were supposed to be. And so as I healed those things, then I was able to be neutral for my children. And I think that's what a lot of people think, you know, well, if I get caught up and I'm in their story and, and you know, that's love. No, love is when you can be neutral and be be sympathetic, be compassionate, but not match their vibration because my work is all about energy and vibration. And so when they're in their drama and they're in their pain, they're at a low vibration. It is so easy for us to lower ourselves into their vibration. But what we really want to do is to be an example of a high vibration so they can shift into it. And I'll give you another example. Um, and when Because Colby had gotten angry and she was struggling, and then she was making some turnarounds. Well, by the time she got into high school, she was feeling good about herself, and she'd worked through a lot of stuff. And she will tell you that her dad's death was one of the greatest gifts of her life because she opened up to so much in her life about compassion and 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 helping people. So she's you know wanting to kind of get back into the group of friends. And one of these girls uh, one night said to Colby, she was giving her a hard time, and she says, "You know, your dad died several years ago. You need to get over it." Uh-huh. If you can imagine, I mean, this is kids, right? High school girls, oh, and <laughs> it was ridiculous. But anyway, it would have been really easy for me to just—I mean, it was like three o'clock in the morning, okay? And Colby is sobbing and crying, and they have no compassion for me, Mom. They have no compassion for me. 
it would have been so easy to get down those girls' throats. But I knew that they were playing their part. They Just like I had watched my family and the people around me and seen how I reacted and, and gone within to heal myself, I knew that these girls were playing their part for my daughter to go deeper. So instead of getting caught up in her story, I sat on her bed. I'll never forget it. I was, it was By this point, it was about 4 o'clock in the morning, and she's crying and crying and crying. And I said, baby, I said, you know that nothing shows up by chance. I said, you've attracted this to you in your life. And what are they saying to you? That I mean, what are they doing? And she said, they have no compassion to, for me. And I said, so the thing that you're saying over and over is how you're treating yourself. And I said, you are still judging yourself because you went through anger and you're thinking of yourself as bad because the kids pulled away. But you weren't bad. You were just in pain. It's just the way you express it because you have a lot of fire in you, which is one of your greatest gifts is that yeah. you're fiery, right? And so she that was a turning point for her to go deeper into having more compassion for herself. It would have been really easy for me to lower my vibration and match her and go into that downward spiral. But I knew that being that divine mother energy and holding that space of being that enlightened mom for her, that I needed to mirror to her how to get her energy back up, how to love and nurture herself into abundance. And so she did by me just mirroring to her what is this situation, mirroring to you, you know, just being that voice for her, then she was able to shift it to the point where she started allowing people to come into her life that were really nurturing and loving. It wasn't just about having those mean friends at school. It was about opening a space to allow friends in that would match her in loving and nurturing her and vice versa. That's so profound because I know here on the Mama Truth show we've talked about how our children are our mirror, about mm-hmm. how, you know, in those moments, you know, they mirror our gifts and our growth edges all the time. Mm-hmm. And I love this idea, and I really want to encourage all of you listening to do this, of really teaching our children that, of in those moments when when they are they are triggered, they are caught up in their story of allowing you to to um, get curious about where that exists inside of them, how that friendship, how that boyfriend or girlfriend, how that teacher, how that whatever it is is mirroring what's going on inside of them and having them get curious about it, so that they can ultimately shift it and come back into that laying and nurturing space with themselves. Right. It's such a powerful message. You know, and the way I look at this is this is moving from victim mentality to empowered mentality Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to be the victim of their doing this to me. But when you can start telling your children from a very young age that you are attracting this to you because this is how you're treating yourself or this is what's going on in your subconscious mind, and let's shift that, right? Let's, Let's shift this and... And and you can give them tools or sometimes, you know, they, as they get a little older, they don't really want to listen to your tools. So what the best thing you can do is be that example for them. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing worse than having a parent say something, but they don't walk their talk. Right. So if you can walk your talk, and that's the one thing I do is I walk my talk. Mm-hmm. And and. And and I and then if I screw up, I say I screwed up. I mean, I'm right. I'm the first to say that. And that's one of the biggest things that I want my kids to know is that they can make mistakes. 
they can they can have uh, things happen in their life that seem awful, and we can recreate a different story around it because so many things that can happen they feel like oh this is the end all you know this is like the, my world's falling apart it's like no 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 you know everything you're doing in your life everything you've done is part of your life journey to help you in your life purpose so if you were to rewrite this story and you could learn from it so that you could help others what would that look like well then you take it from complete victim mentality to purpose mm. and that is huge 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 i mean my kids they look at their life and and they can tell you everything they've walked through what they've learned from it what they're maybe still learning from it or what they know they they do need to learn and they maybe haven't done it but everything in their life is how is this going to serve in my purpose of helping others I'm just writing that down how is this going to serve in my purpose to help others right so Colby dealt with bullies, okay? She had some kids being, you know, that were bullied. I mean, that were bullied her a little bit, you know, about all this stuff. And then what she did is through her dad's death, you know, she started learning the compassion. Well, one of the things that she did is she would see, there was, for instance, there was this little boy at school, not little boy, he was in high school, but his mother had just died. And there was this other kid in school who was bullying him. Well, Colby you know, I encouraged her to use her voice. She stands up in class and she gets in front of the bully and, and shuts him down and says, you don't know what this kid's gone through. Stop it. Well, then she takes the kid who's being bullied. She takes him to the office and helps him get counseling. She goes, I don't know how to help you, but let's go to the school counselor. So this is her in the 10th grade. And um, but then she turns to the bully because she knows that he's angry, and if he's angry, he's hurting because of her own experience of her anger. Yeah. And she takes him under her wing to the point where he now comes out to her that he's gay uh. and he's being bullied at home. And they became best friends. Yeah. One of the things we always say at Intermean Girl Reform School is intermean girls, when left untended to, can turn into outer mean girls. Mm-hmm. And whenever there is that person, whether an adult or a child or your own child, that is acting out in that way, that is lashing out in that way, I always know that it is a huge signal that there is absolute chaos going on internally. Absolutely. Yeah. And it would have been so easy, like with Colby, when she was angry earlier, if I had judged it the way I had been right. judged and she would stuffed it down, then you know she might have been the one who was feeling bullied or you know or, or being the bully right. or you know whatever yeah, but absolutely. but she was able to help both kids wow because of the way I had handled it with her and the tools she learned and how she saw herself and now she was able to open her heart to help these other kids I love that mm-hmm. oh my gosh your your children sound amazing Terry I'm sure you know all what? the moms listening are just like oh my gosh they're young adults now and they're doing incredible yeah, what's interesting about the girls, I mean, my girls are human, okay? Yeah. They are human. They make mistakes. They've made some big doozies. and But we really try to look at it, Amy, as they're just, they're just moments. And let's look at what we can learn from them because God knows I've made a lot of mistakes. 
And if I can give my kids anything, it's to forgive themselves of their mistakes and to embrace them as gifts to learn from rather than burying yourself in guilt. And now as if you're in this guilt place and you've, you've got all this judgment on yourself like my dad did, you pull away from receiving love, you pull away from everybody, you withhold love from yourself, you withhold love from everyone else. That's not love. Yeah. So, I mean, we're human. And it was interesting because when I first started walking a a spiritual path, I kept thinking that, well, to be truly spiritual, I'm like in this garden and I've got my fingers in the ohm position and I'm floating through. And it was like, wait, if I really want to be a spiritual person, I've got to embrace my humanness. It is only by embracing my humanness and nurturing and loving my humanness that I move into alignment with spirit. And I call it raising my worthiness quotient. By me loving and nurturing that all those lower level energies and, and and seeing what I can learn from them and then seeing how they can better serve others with what I've learned from it, that wisdom, I move into uh, what I call, a, I move into a higher vibration, but it's through me lo- loving myself that I raise my worthiness quotient, move into this higher vibration, and now I open up to receive the things I need. And this is the greatest gift we can give our kids. We are so programmed in our society that you have to push, you have to shove, you have to perform. And when they're having their crap show up and we think we have to fix it and mold it and make it better for them, if we can just tell them, embrace your journey, love who you are, and help them see the gift in every situation, tell them see the gift in who they are, they are automatically then raising their worthiness quotients. Mm-hmm. So that they can now open up and receive love. And love comes in the form of having great jobs, great friends, great marriages, great great relationships with their children, being of service in the world by sharing their gifts. That is that's what it means to really be able to receive love just for being who you are and then to spread even more love. And you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, as I as I started this conversation about being raised to be a good girl is that when I was raised to be that good girl, I resented having to be of service because I felt like I gave so much of myself and gave up so much of myself. But by doing this and being that divine mother to myself and loving myself and making that my number one priority and then letting that overflow to my children, Mm. that's helped them grow up to be young adults who are thriving. Most of us think I need to put my children first. Right. No, you need to put God first. And putting God first means you're honoring and loving the way you were created. Mm-hmm. And and I know when, when Steve died and then Charlie came into my life and it happened very quickly. I mean, I manifested this amazing relationship really fast. And the girls, of course, were a little bit angry because, you know, they were they were in a mourning space. My husband had had, uh, had, had cancer. He beat the cancer and then he died of a heart attack. Oh. So it was about a three-year period. Mm. I was ready to live, okay? And I could have played the part of, no, I'm, I'm going to suppress myself and, you know, and, and not be fully alive so that I can give my children space, you know, to, to mourn. But the truth of the matter is, is that kids can mourn for a lifetime. And I knew that it was better for me to step into my truth and be at this high vibration of joy and abundance and and I had to tell my kids when they were balking at first about Charlie and me, and I said, I'm so sorry, I love you, and I would never hurt you intentionally, but God comes first in my life. Mm. And to be, and I know that sounds weird and harsh, 
But when you can tell your child that and emulate that so that when they get into relationships and their relationship is telling them to be something other than who they are, and instead they're so grounded in the fact that they can say, no, God comes first in my life. And they don't even use that terminology, but that's my terminology. Mm. But they, they're like, no, I have to love and take care of myself so that I can be better in this relationship for us. Yeah. That's a huge gift to give to your kids. Huge. Huge. I know Annabella is always <laughs> my oldest whenever um, we talk about who we love. She always goes, and I love myself the most. And I'm like, that's right, honey. Good job. You Good know? for you. <laughs> like, okay, that's amazing. Honey. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I know that we, we're we starting to wrap up here. Um, I wanted to let everyone know that Terry has very generously um, is offering all of you the first um, a free chapter of her book, The Enlightened Mom, and a meditation. And you can access that at terrybrit.com forward slash four, spelled out F-O-R dash moms, plural. And I'll have this um, URL, of course, in the show notes as well, terrybrit.com forward slash four dash moms. And um, that way you can just dive in even more to the enlightened mom and this meditation. Thank you so much for gifting that to everyone that's listening. Yeah, definitely. It's the introduction and the first chapter, and it's going to really make you think about how you want to be in the world. And I know you guys are already doing that. Yeah. But this is going to take it even deeper of setting that intention and and why we do what we do as mothers. Um, yeah. Because it is really, we don't, I don't think most people think about why am I doing the things that I do as a mom. Right. Right. And really moving into that space of consciousness and of conscious creation versus being in reaction all the time. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the questions that I ask all my guests, um, Terry, is, what is messy about motherhood for you right now, and what's magical? Well, I'm very blessed because my children are all really doing great. They're they're thriving. They're on their own adventures, and it's so much fun. So the only thing messy about motherhood is missing them. Yes. Because I, I do yeah. I do miss them a lot. Yeah. I'm lucky right now that one of my kids is home just visiting. It was one of those spontaneous things. She was she was in New York for a weekend and she had a layover in Atlanta. She's a freelance photographer. This is my young one, Colby. And and I was gonna just drive down and have breakfast with her at the airport or brunch and and then I said, Well, why are you even coming through here and not staying? So she's here for the week. Yay. <laughs> so, and then I get to, and, and ironically, her sister is coming up from Florida for a convention this weekend. So the three of us are having dinner Friday night and having a sleepover mm. and um, on that night at the hotel in Atlanta because I live a, f- a few hours out of Atlanta. So that's really fun to be able to do that. And I, and I think that's the biggest thing is that I miss my kids. The thing that is so magical right now is seeing that the payoff of me doing all of my inner work and like the enlightened mom is not about how to parent your children. It's how to parent yourself. And it goes way deep into all these meditations and, and, and all the the reasons we don't parent ourselves and, and why we try to be good. And, and I see the payoff. I see the payoff of me being that example by one, the incredible relationships I have with my kids and Two, to see them being women leaders of love in their relationships with their friends, their boyfriends, Mm -hmm. because that's what I've really encouraged them to be. Because they're not moms yet, right? But they are women. And so I encourage them to be women leaders of love by 
redefining love and loving themselves first and encouraging the people in their lives to do the same. So they're touching people's lives all around them. Beautiful. I love it. You can be a beacon for all of us that have younger kids that are listening. It's like, okay, this really does work. I love, it does work. you know, all the self-compassion, all the self-love and doing your own work is you being there for your kids. Mm-hmm. Thank you it's so true. much, Terry, for being here on the Mama Truth Show. And mamas, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week. I don't actually know what the next topic is going to be. We'll see what um, inspiration comes to me. Um, but it's been such a joy to have Terry here. Again, you can go and get that um, free gift from her at terrybrit.com forward slash four dash moms. And with that, I'm sending you all so much love. Keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to share the Mama Truth show with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. And make sure to visit mamatruthcircle.com to become part of our free community of soulful mamas. Until next time, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood.